0: Your greatest empire you want to build, your greatest wealth you want to have is already created, just so you know. It's waiting for you to catch up. It's waiting for you to catch up to it. And so you got to ask yourself, what's keeping me from catching up to that greatest future, that greatest relationship that I want?
1: Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your host for today, Samantha Riley, and today's topic is all around really stepping into your unapologetic leadership and building your elegant empire, which has been our theme for this entire month. But we're going to go super deep with an amazing guest that I've got here today, Mike Agliaro. Mike, welcome to the show.
0: I'm super excited to be here with you today.
1: Before we jump in, can you please tell us a little bit about what you do, the kinds of clients that you work with? Because that'll give us some sort of context around your zone of genius.
0: Yeah. So we work with high seven, eight, nine figure entrepreneurs and business owners. Pretty much what we tell people is after they've already been through you know, Bob Proctor training, Tony Robbins training and all this, but they still know that there's another level to expand, to build a bigger empire, or they consumed all kinds of information and have not built the empire they wanted. Well, then they're going to come to us. And that's where the best in the world that is helping people like just snap, break through and move quicker, faster, more efficient than ever, especially if they're going for legacy wealth or greater relationship or connection. That's that's exactly who we work with.
1: Love it so much. How did you get into that? I'd love to know, like, what's your little journey of winding up in that place?
0: Yeah, probably like all people, like anybody that's on a discovery and learns a skill set probably learned it out of a sense of suffering and difficulty, right? So I've been on my own since I'm 15. And I was always trying to figure out like, what kept me, not moving forward to where I wanted to go, Mm -hmm. right? What made me struggle? What made me feel like I was in a constant state of being broken at some shape or form? And I would say as soon as I graduated high school, I went to a vocational school to become an electrician. I always tell people the way it works is like there's a conveyor belt. It's like college, college, you might know probably an electrician or something. Mm -hmm. Worked out pretty good for me. But as I became an electrician and became a business owner, I started to recognize that year after year, I was still winning, but I was killing myself to win. Mm -hmm. And I knew that there's got to be, there's got to be a solution. Somebody must have figured this out. Somebody must have done, you know, found another way. And in the meantime, I've been doing martial arts since I'm 15. Now I'm level 52 now. That's a better, stronger way to say your age. I love that. (laughs) I don't know why anybody says they're 52 years old. No, uh uh-huh. Yeah, it makes no sense, right? Like I'm faster, stronger, quicker, tougher than I've ever been. And but doing martial arts now, since I'm 15, that also was creating a sense of curiosity for me on peak performance change. The one word that everybody should write down right now, the word that I learned it, I didn't understand it. And then I went on a quest for it was called mastery. Mm. And I started martial arts, right? And martial arts, like everything is about mastery. Like you learn to punch, but you're only learning to punch until you master the punch. And when you really figure out, Sam, that mastery is, I used to think it's this, you know, this Kung Fu master on top of the mountain, right? This big, long white beard that's floating in the wind. I was like, no, no, no. Mastery is just being better tomorrow than you are today by design Mm. with intention of being better. That's what mastery is. And I found out you never reach this tower of Nirvana, but you don't ever want to because the quest of constant improvement for mastery is what ends up creating the next biggest thing that, I mean, empires are built through days, months, and years of focusing on mastery of communication of relationships yeah
2: Mm,
1: I love that so much I come from a classical ballet background which is very similar with oh my goodness the word martial arts I'm thinking karate and that is not the word martial (laughs) arts thank you you know it's very much the same it's just repeating that simple thing over and 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 unless anyone's done martial arts or classical ballet or anything that's similar to that or any art you don't realize how much you're repeating that. And I think that's definitely also what's helped me in business is to realize that, you know, we repeat the same exercise hundreds of times a week yeah. for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. And business is like that. I think that a lot of people try something once and then say, oh, it doesn't work. Or, you know, maybe two or three times, it doesn't work. What does mastery look like to you in building a business.
0: Yeah. When I started to build a business, I started to go down the rabbit hole of thinking that if, because the world was kind of training me like, oh, well, you know, you have to understand the business plan and and you have to understand culture and you need marketing and you need sales and you need operations and you need financial understanding. And they're correct about all that but the thing that nobody tells anybody it's what I've been saying the last couple years now a lot of people have heard Sam this phrase like 10x things right they're like yeah yeah 10x things Mm -hmm. when no one tells you is what I finally figured out you can't 10x anything without 20x in yourself Mm. so I found out Like everybody's reading five hundred or a thousand books. Everybody's reading Think and Grow Rich. And when I would speak sometimes in front of a thousand or three thousand people, I'd say, "Okay, how many of you read Think and Grow Rich?" And everybody with their badge of honor hands go up with pride, kind of like they're doing the wave, right? (laughs) And then I go, "And how many of you are not rich?" And all the hands go down slowly. And I said well, you know what? What about this? What if it's not about the tactical things? What if it's not about the strategic things? What if it's all about the your mind thing, about your ability to release things? Because most people are trying to put things in, but they don't understand. You put things in without releasing something. It's like uh, somebody told me, it's funny, I'll use it here. They said, you know what? If you have a, a big, nice, cold glass, like one of these big glasses, you have outside you pour water for people, you know, nice crystal kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But if you just put the tiniest speck of crap in it, it's no longer water. It's all crap. And this is what happens with people today. They're taking all this information, but they're plugging it into a place that can't process it to execute. Because just like you, you're very successful. You sit back and you go, Your friends, they read the same books, they went to the same training, they attended the same schools. One is successful, one is struggling. Why? Mm -hmm. It's you. So that's what I learned over all these decades now of focusing on this was, hang on a minute. Before you learn anything new, make sure you're at the potential and capacity to consume it, understand it, and execute it for results. Otherwise, uh, building an empire, is a very good fantasy that you tell your friends you're gonna do, but you don't have the processor to actually get there.
1: Mm, I love that, the processor to get there. That really explains it so well. What are some of the processing issues, let's call them, that you see that hold people back?
0: Yeah, well, let's look, I don't know, maybe, Depending on the age of the listener, I don't know if anybody remembers this uh, Commodore 64 computers. These are way back.
1: I would say just about all of my audience will know that.
0: (laughs) Okay. Well, that's good. And if you don't, then look it up. (laughs) When there was a Commodore 64 computer, like I only had one friend that knew how to push like a bunch of buttons and make a little Pac-Man thing, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But today people have like MacBook Pros, And, but imagine if you had a computer and a lot of people are running their mind off this Commodore 64, but even if you had a new MacBook Pro, if you had a a virus on the MacBook Pro and you tried to put new information on, the virus eats it up. So let's look at your whole childhood now. Now I'm not saying your parents or your grandparents or gave you viruses, but they gave you information that may have served you then but are actually sabotaging you now. Let me give you one, all the listeners, one of the simplest examples. And it works for almost everybody in the world. So when I was a young kid and I was walking down the street, I found like a quarter or a nickel. And I was young and I was like, mom, mom, look. And she was like, oh, that's so good. Now go wash your hands because money is dirty. Mm, mm -hmm. And then I sit here and go, wait a minute. Everybody goes, oh, yeah, yeah. And I say, how many of you, when your kids counted their birthday money, you said, now go wash your hands. Money is dirty. Now, I'm not telling you you should go get $100 bills and lick them today. But what I am telling you is, if you convince the brain that this is actually a dirty vehicle, then what makes you think that your brain goes, go get lots of it? Mm. It doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. The machine can only work based on its belief system. Let me give you another one. My dad, he used to tell me, well, first he used to remind me, he said he didn't own the electric company, shut the damn lights off, right?
1: Yeah, I think we all had that one, right? Yeah,
0: (laughs) he always reminded me of that. And he also told me money doesn't grow on trees. Mm -hmm. He said, it just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. And then when I built my service company and I was doing probably about 20 million At the time, I went to him and I said, now I was learning, growing I said, dad, what you told me was completely wrong. He said, what do you mean? I said, you said money doesn't grow on trees. I said, but if I had apple trees, lemon trees, orange trees, I could just pick them off and it's money. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know what? This is when it really clicked for me, Sam. He said, I only told you what my dad told me and his dad told him. Mm -hmm. And then it clicked again, that people are struggling, because they've been carrying this information slash programming inside of you of what you think is real and not real, what's possible and not possible, what's right and what's not wrong. And then people get in a state of being stuck. When really, I don't want to say it's easy. I just want to say it's different and there is processes to go through that can help you. So now, you know, and I actually did a whole training called the money cure because I was so frustrated that people, one little thing, one little thing. Now, my wife, my beautiful wife, Jennifer, we've been together since we're 15. So do the math. I'm level 52.
1: Congratulations. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you. But, you know, a lot of people say, uh, you know, these anniversaries, I was like, I do not even understand I like, I didn't marry her. So I could be like, Oh, this year we're still together. You know, I just assumed we would be together Mm -hmm, forever. mm -hmm. You know, when she would find a money it doesn't matter if it's a penny or whatever, she'd be like, I'm a money magnet. It comes to me effortlessly and easily. Now that's way different than money is dirty. Mm -hmm. You know, money is the root of all evil. Mm -hmm. Now this has all been programmed because Well, first off, Sam, do you think the whole universe wants everybody to be wealthy, everybody to have money like Elon Musk? No, because we would change the world quicker. So it's a constant state of what you can't do, can't have, and only the few can, because we want to keep people locked down. But no, that's I'm going to tell everybody right here, I'm just a normal guy. Well, maybe not so normal. I'm tattooed all over. (laughs) I've tattooed myself. I've been a tattoo artist for years. I don't do it too much. So maybe I'm not.
1: What's normal anyway, though, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. But here's the thing. Here's the best part. Every single person can have way more than what they have today if they just understand how to do it. Mm. It's possible for everybody.
2: Mm. Oh,
1: love this so much. I was just chatting to someone It was a couple of weeks ago and i met him through a course that i'd done and i said to him you know are you still in this course now this particular training is to help you add a modality so that you are able to charge more for your services and i said to him are you still part of that that community he said no i'm sick of being poor i've left it to save my money and i had this moment where i just went Oh, wow. Someone really doesn't get it because, as far as I'm concerned, anything that takes us closer to mastery and mastery is one of my top values. I really live by mastery. If you don't understand that it's an investment and you get a return on investment for what you invest rather
0: than spend, then you've completely missed the boat. Yeah. Yeah. I just did a Facebook Live yesterday. And what I have never shared it before, but I'm constantly in a state of pondering things and thinking, and I was thinking like, why don't people move forward? And I said, you know what? They don't know how much money to invest in their own personal growth. Mm -hmm. Now, I think there's when we classify personal growth. We're talking about under personal growth, relationships and, you know, energy and spiritual, but there's all kinds of health. There's all these personal growth items. And then there's really this business career like bracket here. And I kind of looked back in time, Sam, and said to myself, well, well, how much did I invest in these things? And I Mm -hmm. actually nailed it last night. I said, there's actually a formula and I don't think people like it, but it is true in my eyes is that. If you're only making $100,000 a year, I believe 30% of that 100000 should go into personal growth training. Now, let me follow it. Now, people go, well, that's a lot of money. And I go, well, is it? Because most of you are sending your kids to college for four to six years. You're spending a fortune and they're coming out and, you know, They're like playing with butterflies and and not even doing what they went Mm -hmm. to school for. So is it a lot of money? Mm -hmm. So, but if you look at it, if you're making a hundred thousand, if you took 30% of that and invested in yourself, you would go to 250,000 really, really fast. Mm -hmm. Now, as you start hitting 500,000 a year salary, you actually could back it down to 20%. I never backed it down. When you go to a million dollars, you actually could back it down to 10%, but I never backed it down. Mm-hmm. What I kept doing was taking 30% of the money that I was making. Now, look, if I had a choice, put the money in investing in my growth or spending that percentage of money at Starbucks on mocha, loca chocos or whatever, I don't drink that <laughs> stuff. I don't drink caffeine and do that thing. I'm like, well, wait a minute. Let me take that money and invest it here. And if everybody just started doing that, I also shared in there, what's the best and greatest passive income on the planet today? And it's actually you. Mm. You're the greatest passive income cause without you being optimized to think different, you can't even see the opportunity to buy, create passive incomes that would give you. And those listening, if you don't know what it is, it's like a vehicle that makes you money, like you sleep, like a rental property or stock or whatever. And like, if you just could go back and say to yourself, the number one, and everybody asked me, knowing what you know now, what would you tell me to do to have greater levels of success, to get to where I want faster than ever before? I'd say, invest in your personal growth, period. Mm,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely agree. Love it. I want to go back to the the money piece because I, I took us a little bit off track there. I do that. We've got all of these beliefs that have been pushed into us, I guess, from parents, from teachers, from whatever, Mm -hmm. all around. Where does one start in trying to break away from these beliefs? Because they can be really, really rooted in there.
0: Yeah, they can be. So the first part is, and if you're listening here, you're probably ready to release, remove, reprogram a past belief. You have to first look at it through a common sense eyes and say, wait a second, what have I been told? And is that, okay, what have I been told and whose truth was that? Is it my truth? My mom's truth? My dad's truth. Then the second part is, do I accept that now that separating myself and looking at this money is the root of all evil. Do I accept, is that truth to me? And I go, no, it's not. Now you just have to reframe it. Well, what is money to you? Money is opportunity. So when I had somebody one time told me, it was so funny, Sam, I was at some event or something, there was, you know, there's all these people. And the person said to me, they go, well, you know money's not everything you know that whole like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know that copy like little money's not everything the little
1: head wobble and (laughs) all
0: oh yeah yeah i said perfectly well said from a broke ass individual i said maybe it's not everything Mm -hmm. but man if your child needs an operation your parents need help you're in a bad situation you know what money is everything Mm -hmm. it is Mm -hmm. it's important now defining the vehicle as not a root of all evil but a root of an opportunity to create bigger impact to serve others is going to pull you forward let me give everybody a little a little lesson on my belief about energy okay so if we look at every single thing this pen this thing this iPhone we all know and it's hard to fight against. Everything's energy. Mm -hmm. It's moving at such, if we took a magnifying glass and looked at it, it's moving at such a fast rate of speed, right? It creates a solid. Mm -hmm. Now, money is a vibration. It's a frequency. Mm -hmm. And if you look at your frequency, money's the root of all evil, I don't believe, and money's bad, and credit cards are bad, and bills are bad. Well, your vibrations like this But money is like this. Mm -hmm. It's totally disconnected. And if you just look at people's language that they use today, right? And they say, they look at it and they go, well, bills are, my dad used to say, oh my goodness, he used to tell the mailman every day, keep the bills, (laughs) keep the bills, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Later, what I learned was, well, wait a minute. The bills were something that gave you value comfort. Mm-hmm. You weren't getting a bill without something in return. Mm. So like, okay, you're upset your electric bill. Well, let's look at it. Would you like to live with no electricity, mm-hmm. which means you have no iPhones, no Netflix. Like I'm like $300, no problem. Thank you for electricity. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like complaining about your water bill. Okay. Okay most of the world at one time was crapping in a hole. Mm -hmm. I like a toilet bowl. I think it's pretty convenient. So, but people are looking at that. So if we could reframe, and it always goes back to this, I'll give you a simple exercise, Sam, just take a line and draw a straight line. Day you were born, where you're at, what level today? Mm -hmm. And just ask yourself, what are all the things happened with money that you felt were very beneficial in your life. Oh, the tooth fairy gave me money that felt beneficial. I got money for birthday. Mm -hmm. I had a lemonade stand. And then look at all the things that you were told that you feel now were not beneficial for your life, right? Like, oh, I was maybe fighting for a raise. Maybe you didn't think that was beneficial. Maybe it had trauma behind it. And I paid bills and credit card charged me interest. And if you look at that over the timeline, You'll see the exact problem and also the solution for people. I could look at it and go, don't even tell me. You have roughly this 50 million in wealth. And I could look at another one and go, don't tell me. You have every credit card maxed out. Mm-hmm. Because it will show a story, but you can't, you know, you can't see the forest from the trees. So you can't see the storyline. So if you could start to identify and say, well, wait a second, these this money concept. Is not, and the comparison effect doesn't help, right? Like, Facebook is the greatest vehicle in the world for comparison effect because no,
2: you're kidding. If
0: I compare, and I tell everybody, don't ever put anybody on a pedestal. If you're sitting there and you're like, oh my goodness, they got a Lamborghini, you know what I found out? Most of these people that I met because I've been on stages and like you, probably like you're in the green room Mm
2: -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. and you're sitting there. And all of a sudden you got these people and you're like, wow, I, you know, they're legends. And you start hearing them talk and you go, well, wait a minute. They're not even congruent with what they're saying. Mm. They have money problems. They're leasing the car. Their car is getting taken away. And I'm like, oh, wait, let me make a note. Don't compare yourself to anybody. Only compare you to you. Mm -hmm. Now that may sound like a simple distinction, but the fact is a lot of people are so worried about comparing. They used to say, "Comparing to the, you know, competing against the Joneses." My dad used to say, yep. "Right, if my neighbor got a bush. My dad had to get two bushes." Right. Uh huh. Uh huh. My dad would always stand up, be an Italian father. He'd look at his lawn. Well, oh, look, he's got weeds over there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Constant uh-huh. comparison. Uh huh. Uh uh-huh. But comparison doesn't move you forward. It shackles you back.
1: Hundred mm. percent. One of the things that you know, if it comes up in a training with people, you know, holding themselves back, shaming themselves, telling them all sorts of negative stories because of what they see on social media, I say, just hide it. Yeah. Just, you know, hide profiles that trigger you. You know, you still use it. We need to use social media to build our business. And I will 100% stand up and say that till the cows come home. We need to be on social media. We need to be showing up. It's very hard to build an empire if no one knows who we are. But at the same time, if there are triggers, maybe take those triggers away while you work on your stuff.
0: Yeah. Or redefine the trigger inside your mind because a trigger could create a uh, fear, but it also can create momentum, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And ask yourself, why does that bother me? And if you could get real with why it bothers you, you start to solve yourself. You start saying, well, that's Well, because I was in, we were in the same school together and, you know, I dated the good guy and she dated the bad guy, but now she has the big house. It's like, okay, well, what does that mean? Anything right now? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are you happy? How do you know that person's happy? Mm. You know, if you look at money and you just really start, well, first off, there's no lack of money in the world. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's no lack of It's everywhere. It's in abundance. Even during economic down years, money doesn't disappear. It just moves to a different place. Yeah. And the more that you become congruent with your beliefs about money, the more it comes to you. Everybody should write this down because it just came to my mind. And I say it all the time. It's like, and you could apply it to money, your career, building an empire, your greatest empire you want to build, your greatest wealth you want to have is already created. Just so you know, it's waiting for you to catch up. Mm -hmm. it's It's waiting for you to catch up to it. And so you got to ask yourself, what's keeping me from catching up to that greatest future, that greatest relationship that I want. And then you start to go, "Well, well, look, the world today, I refuse to accept it. They say, oh, it's hard to find good people. And there's a shortage and all this, you know, I took my service company, Sam, from In 10 years, we took it from under a million to 32 million. That's awesome. I had two employees at one time. In 2017, I sold it at 200. In the beginning, when I had two employees, I told the whole world when I would bump into my buddies at like the supply house to get parts, I would say, How's it going? And they would go, Oh, you know, hard to find good people. And I go, Yeah, I know. I programmed my mind that it was impossible to find good people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then one day I said, wait a second here. It's the same for money. I said, wait a second here. What if there's amazing people everywhere? But I told myself so many times there's not, I can't see them. So I flipped my brain and I said, you know what? There's incredible people everywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm just waiting to meet the next one. Mm -hmm. Okay. That day, about four hours later, I get a call for a guy asking if we're hiring and I hire him. Now, look, I only had two employees. 10 years later, I had 200. Mm -hmm. Clearly, and everybody should write this down. There wasn't a deficit in people. There was only a deficit in my thinking. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a deficit in people. It's only a deficit in things. Someone just told me the other day, well, you make it sound easy. There's a lot of people don't want to work. I said, there's like 8 billion people, I think, on earth. Uh uh You spoke to all 8 billion? Really? (laughs) Really? Lack of humans on earth. As a matter of fact, we're producing faster than ever. So it's just, a new, it's the same thing for money. Mm. Now your ability to sit there and just remember, let me give you another example. The brain will solve and create whatever it believes. Everybody should write that down. Let me tell you how much this works. Now, Sam, I don't know about you, but a lot of people, I would say, did you ever lose weight? And they go, Yeah. And I said, did it ever come back double? (laughs) Yes. Why? Because anything the brain loses, it's like, really? You lost something? I don't want to let you down, Sam. Let me give you, I'll give you, you lost 10. I'm going to give you 20 pounds back. You should congratulate me. You're like, I want it. Mm -hmm. Now, wait, one simple word releasing weight Mm -hmm. never comes back. Your brain's like, Oh, you released it. There's no need for it. No more. Oh, I don't need it. Now. I'm not saying that's a fail safe. You release it and eat chocolate cake, you know, 12 times a day, but I am telling you that the words you say are going to create the outcomes that you want good or not good for you. Mm. And it comes down. You just listen. A lot of times I can listen to someone's language and you just go, this is why the person doesn't have money. They're like, well, I hope this works and my bills and I don't know. And I'm, and I'll try. I'm like, you'll find this funny. My guys, why a 200? And I was in the service industry. So plumbers, HVAC, electricians, you know, these, you call them tradies out there. We do. These are my people. They're hardcore people. Right. And I used to, the guy used to come to me and he said, you know, I'm going to try to do that. And I said, you know, I got to ask you a question. Like, did you try to wipe your butt good or did you wipe your butt good? (laughs) I just need to know. He goes, I do good. I said, well, then maybe don't use the word try. Mm. There's no need for it. He goes, Oh, that's good. So my whole culture, we removed try hopes and maybes. Because if you try to do things, you're not committed. If you hope for things, you you don't believe it. And if it maybe, then you're throwing it up to chance. Mm. I know the listeners are like, could it be that easy? Here's what I'm gonna tell you, try it on for. A day or so. See if it could be actually that easy. I love this so much and
1: I love the stories that you shared because it really helps to to grasp the concept. And you know, this has played out in my life oh, many times, but the one I'm specifically thinking of is that I also had a sizable business. I used to say in a past life until someone caught on to me and said it wasn't a past life it was just a different time. Mm. And the people around me would always say it's so hard to run a team. They never work, you know, they never do, you know, all of these negative things. And I see a lot of people in the coaching industry saying I don't want the hassle of a team. Well, let me tell you, I now have a large team and I have a team that helps my clients and it is easy because how hard is it to build an empire? when you're doing it on your own it's dang near impossible you need a team so as soon as i changed my thinking to i actually want to employ more people i want to help more people put food on the table and they will want to help me build my empire everything just clicked yeah and it really was just a change of you know the way that i spoke about building a team and i still see you would see it too so many people that say oh, I, you know i don't want a team yeah but you want to build a big business. Like which one is it? Because you can't have both.
0: Yeah. 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 You hear it similar. Sam, a lot of people say, you know, bigger business, more problems. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, smaller business, more life problems. Right. Mm -hmm. And it goes to what you said, look, people that struggle with teams it's not the chaos inside their world. It's the chaos inside themselves. Mm. That's why they struggle with it. And if they could look at it, like for my team, well, you would laugh if you've ever watched my interviewing process. It's like, so weird. It's like, I'm like, do you have thick skin? Do curse words bother you? You know what I mean? I'm like, if you were like a truck or a car, what would you be like? And why? And I'm like, (laughs) you're in like three or four questions. I'm like, you're in. Right. And, but for my team, there was always an important thing on why to go to your point on how we scaled and grew, because I found it so simple with the team. All I had to do was fight for their livelihood every day. Mm-hmm. And they would fight. I mean, I sold my company in 2017. It was a $32 million double, you know, double digit profit company sold it for a world-class EBITDA which is not that impressive, but the point that I signed my name and walked away the next day, I think that's a little impressive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the team out there. So I sold it like what, five years ago. And the people are like, oh, the true owner, they're still following me on Facebook. They're still loyal to me. Like if I started in that business today, I would have a hundred employees in a week Uh because of how I treated them. And also they knew that I just thanked uh, three people were on my Facebook live the other day and I thanked them for what they did for me when I was growing that company. Mm. So yeah, it goes back to belief systems, right? Mm -hmm. Where did they hear that people like more people are more trouble? Like, did they really experience it Mm. or like their dad told them Mm -hmm. and the teacher told them? Mm.
1: Yeah. We hear these things just, you know, in our network, we hear people saying them and without even considering it, we allow these thoughts in. And when I say we, all of us, because we're human, right? But it's learning. I love the, you know, the reframe, always the reframe.
0: Yeah. And they follow it. They follow it as gospel. Like I would go to these events and, you know, you ask somebody, hey, what are you doing? They go, um, I only work three hours a week. And I would say, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. And they would go, <laughs> what are you sorry for? I say the fact that you hate what you do so much, you would only do it three hours a week. You should kill it. Mm. I'm like me, like 3 billion hours. I never work. My wife and I never work ever. You only do work is things you don't love. We might be eating dinner and do it like we, it might be Saturday. It might be Sunday night. I'm doing I do because I'm such. And if I didn't love it, then I wouldn't do it or I'd find a way to change it quickly. Mm. So again, but if you look at what people are thinking about things, you sit there and say to yourself, wait, why am I, is it really a great concept or could it only have been a great concept for that person? I think you got to put on your, your meter again and go back to that phrase I said, like, is it true? Is it true for me? Mm. And do I want it to be true Mm. for me?
2: Mm. You know,
0: because The other thing people say all the time, they say to me, they say, i met another person, a woman. She goes, I said, what do you do? And she goes, oh, I own five different companies. And I go, oh, how many of them are broken, useless? And she just looked at me like nobody's ever. I said, look, I'm not impressed if you had 500 companies. All I want to know is what are you doing? Can I help you at all? Because if you're just looking to brag to me about your five companies, like there's a lot of people at this event that are going to love you. It's not gonna be me because I know the truth probably behind this. You're suffering a lot. Just leverage my knowledge. Let me help you. Let's map out a plan real quick, right? That's normally why I probably don't have like making tons of friends at those things, right? Because <laughs> they want people to sing kumbaya. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I just want to help them improve so that they can serve their family and serve the next couple generations, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting if everybody listening, you know, I found out that. First in my being brought up in Italian family, I was brought up as a very judgmental person, judging everything and everyone. And throughout my life, through the martial arts, I learned to be curious first, judgmental second. Mm -hmm. And if everybody listening could just put on the curious hat, like, why did I do that? You know, why did I make that decision? Like, I'll give you an example, like consistency. Consistency is really important. You hear people say it all the time. Same thing with ballet. And, but here I'm going to give everybody a little twist on consistency. You know, if I took a dumbbell, 50 pounds, Mm -hmm. well, that's my son's dumbbell. He used maybe 25 (laughs) for me. He's a lot stronger. So I take a 25 pound dumbbell and I curl it. My muscle's going to grow some, Mm -hmm. but wait, if I curl it for 10 years, is my muscle going to grow to that ceiling? No, it's actually consistently making minor changes. See, eventually I have to put a bigger weight. Mm-hmm. Eventually I have to adjust my arm. Eventually I have to stand up. Eventually I have to breathe different. Eventually I have to put new stuff, but people are stuck on that. when well, no, no, it's consistent. The same thing you hear it all the time. People like, and it's funny, Sam, because one of the questions is so weird. I love that they think so highly of me. They're like, what's your morning routine? I'm like, okay, well, that's an interesting question because it's probably not going to help you none because like, just so you know, if you, if you put me on a pedestal, you think I get up at 5 a.m. and I'm like, Doing yoga breaths and cold water. I said, I'd vomit if I got up at 5 a.m. So let's just be clear. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm rolling over at 7, 7:30, and I'm like already trying to like Facebook with one eye open. I said, probably not what you expect. Not that I don't meditate. Uh-huh. I just don't force it at the same time every day because consistently changing things can creates consistent growth. So I think you find again all these people, oh, you have to do it in the morning. I'm like. Well, when is your prime time? Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so energized in the morning. Why are you going to the gym in the morning? Build your business. Go to the gym when you feel like crap and you're on a low. It's so fascinating. That's what the curiosity does, Sam. You know, it makes you really ask yourself, like, does that make sense today?
1: I absolutely love that you've brought this up, and this is such a huge value bomb. And I will definitely be going back and listening to this episode. And I think that. You know, if you're getting a lot out of it, go back because there's so many little gold nuggets that you're almost effortlessly throwing out there. But this is something that years ago I got on the bandwagon of. It's like, you know, or this, you know, in the air quotes, the successful people have morning routines. All right, I'm going to do this. You know, I bought the miracle morning and I'm going to get up at 4 a.m. and I'm going to blah, blah, blah. And do you know what happened to me?
0: What happened?
1: Things in business started going backwards. And for exactly that reason, and I've mentioned it on a lot of podcast interviews, because the most productive time of the day for me is the morning. We're recording this really early here in Australia because you're on an Eastern time zone. And I got out of bed. I quickly check my emails, which I always do when I've got early interviews just in case someone's cancelled overnight and I don't have to put makeup on. Always do that. That's turned into a habit. But it was just we're jumping straight on here. If, I, if we weren't jumping straight on here, I would be working straight away. And my husband is exactly the same. We both get up, we both start work, and then we do second breakfast about 10 o'clock. We go to the gym later in the day when we're starting to slow down. And the reason I'm sharing this is because we're all different, we're all unique, but you need to be truthful with who you are and what motivates you, because don't worry about what works for anybody else. It needs to work for you. It's really difficult to build a business if it doesn't work for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was saying the other day to somebody, they were saying, well, what's your life like? I said, well, if you have to go on a vacation, you're not living a vacation. I said, your goal is to create a life by design, not by default. Mm -hmm. And But you cannot create what you're not clear about. And I'll give everybody a simple thing my second favorite word starts with an m it's called movement i've always created movements i found people that i really really love and i found that their suffering bothered me really really bad when i created my service company and people say well why'd you sell it i didn't have to it was running itself for five years without me i didn't even have an office in the building but i kept getting around other plumbers and electricians that owned company sam And they were, I'm trying to brag and they're suffering and I'm dimming my light. And I'm like, man, I don't want to dim my light. So what do I got to do? I got to change an industry. I sold my company to create another company called CEO Warrior, which I created one of the top training and implementation companies for what they would call blue collar plumbers on earth to get results. And I only did it to shift an industry. And I believe I actually shifted it globally. We've had clients in Australia, Canada, New Zealand, all over the United States. And then I sold that company in 2020 because now everybody in the industry was doing I created a movement. Everybody was doing amazing. It was going, but the world was suffering. Mm. So then I created Food Dog Group. And because here's what I tell everybody. If you're still doing what you're doing 10 years later, you've stopped growing and eventually you'll rewind. Mm. And like these had to be brave moves, Sam, because like I love my service company but I didn't love it enough to stay complacent and not serve the next level of the world. So a movement is if you could just define that every one of you here, you know, and it's not stop worrying about having to impact the whole world, like just impact your little world for now, maybe your neighbors, maybe your community, maybe your church, maybe whatever it is, like maybe it's your five employees, like just impact them first and then see where it goes. And if everybody takes on mastery and movement, the last m is motion. You just got to keep moving. Mm. And you have to love to move. Like love motion. I don't care if your motion is, you know, you can only move your your toes or your fingers or your arm, but like just move because the fact and I'm not talking exercise cuz I don't do. Well, last night I did some weight training with my son because he's 23, super strong. He always likes to remind me how strong he is compared to me, right?
2: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and I'm humble. He didn't realize I'm super proud he's stronger than me because someday he's going to have to carry me or something, right? So I'm, uh-huh. <laughs> he doesn't realize I'm, really, I'm glad telling him he's stronger than me. But the fact is movement is not an exercise thing. It's just a life thing. Like just move around a little bit, step up, walk out, look outside, be present, see things a little bit different. And also movement is the ability to be allowing yourself to move forward into what you're building. Mm. Nobody built an empire just sitting still. You have to move forward. And you know what the big thing a lot of people, and I I hope they could hear this a second, is a lot of people are thinking that there's a world that you're going to move through where it's always positive and never negative. Mm. People tell me all the time, such a positive person. I said, okay, are you never negative? Because if you're never negative, oh, the world will make you negative because it has to balance your butt out. Yeah. You're going to have ups and downs. And the minute you embrace the downs as much as you do the ups, you'll have a sense of freedom in life like you've never experienced. So as soon as I have something that is not working, a man, I've had them. I've had, just like you, I'm sure. I mean, I've had million dollar lawsuits. Oh, yeah. Oh all the fun. But the minute I looked and said, well, wait, what is the benefit of this lawsuit? Would it Now I'm so grateful that lawsuit happened because if it happened 10 years later, instead of settling at a million, which I thought was going to put me out of business, it would have been 10 million. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But guess what? Pain created movement.
2: Mm-hmm. It
0: made me move faster because if not, It would make me die and the business would have imploded. Instead, we grew six and a half million that year because I allowed it to create momentum.
1: Mm, Love this so much. Mike, for people that want to stay connected with you and learn more about what you do, where do they go?
0: Yeah, so a really good area is, and I'll spell it out, it's fooddoggroup.com, so F-U-D-O-G group.com. Also, if you put a backslash after that and put free book, I got a free book. It's mind power. I'm super, super proud of this. Read it. It's free. If you don't like it, send me like the middle finger (laughs) emoji or or something. (laughs) I'm okay with that. But I really think actually a guy that we just met him on the beach the other day. He was defending my wife's and I bag against a seagull who was trying to eat these seagulls in New Jersey. And he's about 80 something years old. He's read every positive book. He just read it. And he said, this book should be in every high school. And I had like a tear of gratitude. I was like, oh my goodness. Mm. So you could get that there. Um, and just find me on Facebook. Like, look up my name. Like, don't make this a drive-by. I don't like, first off, congrats to you, Sam, for what you're doing for the world. What probably everybody doesn't know is like, first off, I don't go on everybody's podcast. Mm-hmm. I only go on people's podcasts or stages that I think they're great people doing a great thing for the world. And they're really kind people. So all of you that are listening, uh, you're in really good company. And how do you know? Because I wouldn't be here if Sam wasn't that type of person.
1: Well, thank you.
0: So kudos to you.
1: Thank you. Mike, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. You have just dropped so many value bombs. It's been amazing. And if there was one little thing that you want to leave listeners with that's just going to be a mic drop moment, what would that be?
0: Yeah, your mind is your superpower. Start really looking inside your mind and asking yourself what is not helping you move forward and reprogram it to move you forward. And you will save decades. You will get decades and a year of results just by doing that.
1: Mic drop moment. Thanks so much, Mike. It's been a pleasure chatting with you today.
0: Welcome. Boom.